Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I have a really, really interesting discussion with my good friend, Dr. David Perlemuter, about his latest book called Drop Acid, The Surprising New Science of Uric Acid, The Key to Losing Weight, Controlling Blood Sugar and Achieving Extraordinary Health. This is such a fascinating topic because basically we, we talk about unlocking the secret to extraordinary health by reducing high uric acid, the hidden risk that you didn't even know you had. David is also the author of Grain Brain and Brainwash, and he talks about how our most respected scientific literature is bursting with evidence that elevated uric acid levels like the root of many pervasive health conditions, but mainstream medicine for the most part remains unaware of this connection. This is especially alarming because a large number of Americans don't know that they are suffering from increased levels, putting them at risk for developing or exacerbating potentially life-threatening illnesses. David offers an engaging blend of science and practical advice. He exposes the deadly truth about uric acid and teaches invaluable strategies to manage the levels. One of my favorite was that coffee actually helps to control uric acid. Well, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this discussion and let's get on to today's podcast. Dr. David Perlemuter, as always, such a pleasure to talk to you. I'm a great fan of yours, as you know, and it's great to have you back on my show. It's great to see you. I think back of all of our times together, and I think last time we were together was with Austin, our son, and it was all good. Great to see you. It's great to see you as well. And I think actually the last time was when I released my book in March last year. We spoke sometime around then. Oh, we did it. We did. That's right. I remember that. We did an Instagram Live. That's right. And we always have such great conversations. So I'm looking forward to you're talking about your new book, Drop Acid, which immediately caught my attention. And I, what, I, what I love about your approach, and I know this is something that both of our hearts are really leaning towards, and that is helping people to change lifestyles. And we know we can't just go to the symptom treatment and we have to go to underlying causes and we have to treat lifestyles and change lifestyles. I know you treat, speak to, the, to physicians in general and the medical and pharmacy, food industry about doing this kind of thing. And once again, you brought another book to the table, highlighting something that people don't know much about, and that's uric acid as the marker for truck gout and kidney. But what is so much more? I read your book and went, wow. <laughs> you know, anything for me that has a role to play in metabolic health is going to be something I'm going to become very interested in and very quickly. And so it is that uric acid popped up on the radar screen. And 
I was unaware that the, the research in terms of uric acid being a powerful controller of metabolism and metabolic health, that people have been researching this for a couple of decades. That Professor Haig was something in 1892 or something already Alexander was speaking Haig about. Alexander Haig was his name. Yeah. That's right. He actually published a book saying, look, this uric acid is far more important than just gout or kidney stones. And he talked about it in terms of cognition, in terms of depression, in terms of a lot, in his case, migraine headaches. So that really didn't get, didn't see the light of day until about 20 years ago when researchers here in the States and also in Japan started to unpack a little bit more the science of uric acid and realize that this is a, a danger signal that the body uses to alert it that we're about to get into a time of food scarcity. It's a primitive mechanism in the body that says, hey, your body needs to make fat raise blood pressure and make blood sugar right away or you're going to perish. And, you know, for more than 99% of our time on this planet, that was a good thing. That was a powerful survival mechanism in juxtaposed against the environment that could indeed threaten our survival by not supplying us enough food or water for that matter. And in that regard, that's why it persevered. That's why we have such a high uric acid level as a legacy of our past. And, for you know, almost our entire existence, we live day to day hoping we'd find food and water. Nowadays, we're signaling this pathway to make fat, to raise our blood sugar, raise our blood pressure every single day. And look what's happening. I mean, for the first time in history, our life expectancy is declining. That's pre-COVID, I might add. And you know, the metabolic issues that we are facing here in the Western world are breathtaking. 88% of American adults has at least one component of the metabolic syndrome. That means that only about one in eight American adults is metabolically intact. And to be clear, when we disrupt our metabolism, we set the stage for the chronic degenerative conditions, the coronary artery disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes, stroke, cancer. The number one cause of death on our planet are that group of diseases, those chronic degenerative conditions, which are metabolic, and now we know uric acid is a powerful signal that disrupts our metabolism. Now that we know it, then we can go about controlling it. Oh, wow. That's, that's a very strong, powerful opening statement or set of statements that we need to dive into deeper. I'm so glad you raised the fact that life expectancy is decreasing because whenever I talk about that, because there's that great study that was done between 96 and 214, and they're still ca carrying it on showing that people are dying 8 to 25 years younger from preventable lifestyle issues and diseases, and then for only 5% are genetic. So we've got to look at what we're doing, and this is a huge part of your work is helping people to understand. So the, the science is there, the evidence is there that we have to change our lifestyles, and there's so many different factors, and this is one more. And it can be very overwhelming for people. Gosh, I've got to now watch uric acid on top of everything else. But this is just part of living today. As you said, things have changed. We have to deal with this. Controlling the uric acid is, is, is a lot easier than controlling blood pressure and blood sugar. It's really very, very straightforward. And your body is so responsive to the simple changes that we can make to bring down the uric acid. Keep in mind, uric acid is an alarm. It's screaming to your physiology that winter's coming. Make as much fat as you can because you're going to be, otherwise you will starve. And winter doesn't come. 365 days a year, we're preparing for winter. It's not coming. The winter in terms of not having any food to eat or any water to drink for that matter. 
So we have to turn that signaling off. And it's not that challenging. But, you know, getting back to what you just said, a study was published just a couple of weeks ago from the Global Health Initiative data. And it said that people in their 20s who adopt a healthier diet, not even paying attention to sleep and exercise, just their diets, can expect as much as a 10-year extension in their lifespans. People age 60 who do that can expect an eight-year extension in their lifespans. Even people 80 years of age, if they shift what they eat to a more healthier, a more healthy diet, can be expected to have at least a three-year extension on lifespan. So, It's all there. And we know retrospectively that lifestyle issues are related to shortening of our lifespans. Now we're seeing the upside. Change your your habits and extend your lifespan. I mean, it's and yet we're being bombarded by information that's telling us live your life however you want. Eat whatever you want. and We're going to fix it for you. We you know, the truth of the matter is those issues that are derived from our lifestyle indiscretions. We don't have any pharmaceutical fix. We don't have any pharmaceutical approach to target diabetes, to cure diabetes, or to treat high blood pressure, or to treat Alzheimer's. We can treat the symptoms. We can treat your blood sugar and bring it down. We can get your blood pressure down, but we're not treating the underlying fire. We're only putting out the smoke, right? So the moment you stop taking your diabetes pill, what happens? You haven't cured your diabetes the next day, your blood sugar goes back up. So we need to really deal with the underlying metabolic disturbance. And now we know that this uric acid is such a powerful tool. So we have to measure uric acid in people along with their blood pressure, their fasting blood sugar, their body mass index, their A1C, hemoglobin A1C. These are key metrics that we need to address to keep people healthy. In the spirit of Mental Health Month, I want to tell you guys about one of my favorite products for relieving stress and anxiety, Ned's De-Stress Blend. One of the most important things you can do is invest in yourself. And one way I love to do this is by using Ned's De-Stress Blend every day, which helps me better manage my stress and enjoy life more. This De-Stress Blend is a USDA certified organic formula that puts the spotlight on two powerful cannabinoids, CBG, which is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And of course, Ned's tried and true CBD, extracted from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp in the foothills of the Colorado Rockies. This blend is also featuring botanical infusions of ashwagandha, which is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress, and cardamom and cinnamon, which makes the de-stress blend taste amazing. Cinnamon is also a powerful prebiotic, which is great for gut health, a key player in your mental health, while cardamom helps combat stress by supporting healthy blood pressure and cortisol levels. I love that all Ned's products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. They are chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum of active cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, and trichomes. In fact, Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. Plus, Ned shares third-party lab reports who farms their products and the extraction process all rights there on their site. No wonder Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews. So invest in yourself this May and fortify your stress response this month by getting 15% off Ned's de-stress blend with the code Dr. Leaf at checkout. Go to hello Ned. 
facebook.com forward slash Dr. Leaf or enter the code Dr. Leaf at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash Dr. Leaf to get 15% off. The link and details will be in the show notes. Medicine has to change the way it's doing its basic evaluations because you talk about how even A1C and all these things that the rate, the, the ranges are not, are not accurate. They're too broad. They have, you need to be more specific. And I want you to take that away. And another thing I just want to emphasize is I love how you, you emphasize the fact that we're just looking at the symptoms and treating the symptoms so you can give the low the blood pressure, but what caused it in the first place. You know, David, this is paralleled in the mental health world. You know, you, you're just giving, looking at the symptoms and treating it. And that's the danger of that sort of bio, bio, bio model. You've got to look at the biopsychosocial model with absolutely everything. Instead of continuing to mop up the floor, we have to just turn off the faucet. And that's what, you know, that's what our approach needs to be. So, you know, the deck is clearly stacked against us. There's a wonderful book called Metabolical by my friend Robert Lustig. I'm going to meet with him tomorrow. That really unpacks exactly why it is that we have the sense that we can just live our lives however we want and that modern medicine is going to repair it. Well, the pharmaceutical industry benefits from that. And certainly the people on the front end, the sugar industry, for example, is benefiting as well. And we are merely the pawns. We're merely the part that gets manipulated for the profit of both of those industries. And it's time to call it out. And it's time for each of us to recognize that we have to take agency over our health destiny. And we can when we get the right information. But the information we're getting from social media and from other inputs like television is, hey, we're going to fix it. Don't, don't worry. We've got this. We'll take care of your diabetes and get your A1C below seven. And that takes us to your question that these numbers are called being in the normal range. And normal means you get a lot of people and you determine what is the average. We say that's that's the normal range. Reality is that the average in America and in most Western countries now is pretty awful. I mean, the, the average American is overweight. That obesity in American adults, obesity, not just being overweight, that's one third of American adults. And in the distant future, the year 2030, that's not the distant future. That's eight years from now. It's going to be half of all American adults will be not just overweight, but obese. So the idea of being in the normal range, you know, you see these commercials on TV. I got my A1C below seven. That's ridiculous. You know, your A1C below seven, let's say it's six and a half, and now you're happy. You are at dramatically increased risk for becoming an Alzheimer's patient, for example, for developing coronary artery disease, all the chronic degenerative conditions. So what we like to talk about is not being in the normal range. Anyone that Carolyn Leaf is dealing with doesn't want that. They want to be optimal. That's what you are all about, achieving optimal health. So we need to, as let's talk about uric acid. If you get your blood tested at your doctor's office, they're going to tell you that it Anything below seven milligrams per deciliter, anything below the magic number of seven, hey, you're good to go. Well, that may be in, uh, good to go as it relates to gout, but in terms of your risk for diabetes and hypertension and weight gain, that number needs to be 5.5 or lower. That's a big difference. Yeah. Above seven is associated. One study that was carried out, 1,600 adults followed for 12 years. Having your uric acid over seven was associated with an 80% increased risk of dementia, 
a 55% increased risk of actual Alzheimer's disease, and a 166% increased risk of what is called vascular or mixed dementia. So it's, it's very real. You know, those are situations that we don't have a fix for. You know, when those things start happening, that person's already in deep trouble. We've got to keep people healthy. That is the important goal. That's so important, as you say, and it's so related to mental health as well, because we, we, if we don't manage our minds, we're not going to manage our bodies, we're not going to manage what's going on in our brain, and all these things almost become accepted as inevitable. Like People tend to associate old age with Alzheimer's, but we know, you and I both know, David, from the research, that you don't have to get... You don't have to lose your mind, your brain, your body, your health as you get older. Changes and you can manage it. I mean, I'm 58. I think you're around the same age. And you know, we, uh, my biological age is like eight or nine years younger than my chronological age. And I'm sure yours is the same because we're trying, and not that we're trying to say we're doing things better than anyone else, but be very aware of lifestyle and managing our minds, managing our health. So you bring to the table another aspect that we can look at that can help us. And I'm telling you, uric acid, I never knew the impact. So could we start with a simple explanation of what it is? Because most people probably see it as a byproduct and somehow linked to kid- kidneys and gout. It is a byproduct. It is, it is the downstream metabolite of fructose. Fructose in your body becomes uric acid. Purines are the breakdown product of DNA and RNA. Some foods have a lot of purines, form uric acid. And the only other thing is alcohol. And it turns out that as it relates to alcohol, wine doesn't really have much effect. A hard liquor raises uric acid, but beer is really a bad player because it has alcohol and it has, again, purines. It's made from yeast, which is very cellular, lots of genetic material, nucleic acid. So beer turns on dramatically the production of uric acid that signals the body to make fat. So now we know where the beer belly comes from. So there's a lot of things that are now explained. We also know that our bodies can make fructose, even if you're not eating fructose, and that turns into uric acid as well. And one of the powerful stimulants for your body to make fructose is if it thinks it's dehydrated. So if the sodium level in your blood goes up, that happens during dehydration, you turn on the pathway to convert glucose, blood sugar, into fructose, becomes uric acid, and makes more fat. And you have to wonder, well, why would that be? Why would you want to make fat if you're dehydrated? Well, if you think about the camel, the camel has this resource on its back that lets it walk across the desert without water. And what's inside the hump? Fat. Whenever we burn fat, camel, you, me, hummingbird, whatever, it turns into carbon dioxide and water. So we're making water when we have fat reserves. It's called metabolic water. It's why whales have so much fat. Yes, it's a, it's a source of energy. We get that. It's also a source for water. So having that layer of fat can, it can be a lifesaver. But these days, do we need that? I mean, are we going to run out of calories? Are we going to run out of water? By and large, we're not. And you know, the notion that higher levels of sodium when we're dehydrated stimulates fat production lets us understand why it is that people who eat a lot of salt get fat, why people who eat a lot of salty foods get diabetes and get high blood pressure, because they're turning on this pathway called the polyol pathway. They're making fructose in their bodies, turns to uric acid, it sounds the alarm. We're going to be dehydrated. We're going to starve, make fat. That, therefore, we have a source for water. So if you're going to eat a salty food, 
by all means, follow that with a glass of water, dilute down the sodium, and that won't as much trigger that pathway. So this is all really exciting news because it finally explains so many missing pieces of the puzzle that we didn't fully understand. We didn't understand why it is people who eat a lot of salt have a tendency to gain a lot of weight. I mean, there are no calories in salt. Why in the world would it do that? So it's, it's really quite fascinating science. Yeah, that is fascinating. Now you have in, in the book, you do have a lot of, I've got a lot of pages marked and things here, but you have like a little, right in the beginning, you have this little evaluation for people to fill in to start start the process and then you've got t- techniques and all kinds of stuff so how how is this book going to help someone understand this because they're probably thinking oh, where do I even start what do I do here's what's really exciting Carolyn that is that yeah you can you can and should get a blood test but you don't have to go to a doctor anymore to get that you can go online and get a, a little monitor like that and here there's my last level I don't know if that's coming through 4.7 so anybody can check their uric acid it does require a tiny finger stick, like a fasting blood sugar. Many people have done that in the past. But now you can know your, your uric acid level and you can check it every two, four weeks and know where you are, know how well you're doing as it relates to keeping your uric acid under control. Now, when I say restrict fructose, I am that's the biggest issue here, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't eat fruit. Fructose means fruit sugar. But you can have an apple or two a day. You can have, you know, some berries, uh, cherries, whatever it may be. You just don't want to go overboard. Fruit consumption, by and large, is associated with a lower uric acid because you're getting fiber, you're getting fructose, but very slowly administered to your body. You're getting vitamin C that helps your body excrete uric acid, and you're getting some of the bioflavonoids that actually reduce uric acid formation. So it's a question everybody asks, well, if you're saying don't eat fructose, does that mean no more fruit? And I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying don't drink fruit juice. That would be, you know, 36 grams of sugar in a 16 ounce glass. And people say, oh, it's all natural orange juice from Florida. There's nothing natural about fruit juice. Our hunter-gatherer forebears wouldn't suddenly come upon a forest of trees with cartons of apple juice hanging from them. Eating an apple, sure. But drinking juice is exceedingly unnatural and suddenly bombards your body, overriding the small intestine, fructose goes to the liver and sounds the alarm, says winter's coming. Because our ancestors would only really get fructose in the late summer, in the early autumn, when winter was right around the corner. So it's a powerful environmental cue that food scarcity is coming soon. Get ready for it. Now... You know, we are triggering that cue day in and day out, every day. And again, winter is not coming. That's fascinating. And and, and so much, I'm so glad about the, that you mentioned about the fruit, because when we eat that orange in context, and I use the word in context, we're getting all the fiber and, the, as you said, the vitamin C. It's all in a balanced, slow release, everything balanced. But if you just you make it a fruit juice, you've removed everything that actually makes that that fruit digestible to your body so you can get the most out of it and disturbs the whole process. Yeah. I mean, I think of people who go to, they go to the health food store and they get a carrot juice, right? I mean, that's like got to be great for you. All the carotenoids and it's one, it's a deep orange color. They're organic, but you're throwing out all the fiber. You get your juice with a straw in it, but there's, there's the person who made your juice and they're taking the fiber and throwing it away. That's the, that's really, really important. That's such an important nutrient. Yeah. Eat the carrot. 
That's what I eat the carrot and drink water. Maybe may make it a smoothie rather than a than a, a drink, a liquid drink, so that you keep all the, the skin and everything in that. I always used to when there was that whole trend of you know when you moved when juicing was such a big thing, and I tried. I thought this is killing my stomach. This is like I can't, I cannot do these juices because there wasn't the fiber. But give me the carrot and I'm fine. You know, so these these everyone's different, obviously, in their response. But I'm so glad you raised that. You also talk about coffee, which was fascinating. So can you talk about coffee? I can talk about coffee for an awful long time. <laughs> Believe me, I can. But here in, in the context of our discussion today, coffee consumption is associated with a reduction in uric acid, even decaf. So is it the caffeic acid? Is it other of the bioflavonoids or, or polyphenols that coffee contains? I don't know that that's necessarily been teased up, but we do know that it's on the list because it's associated with a lower uric acid, which makes me really happy because I, I absolutely love my coffee. I, I'm, I've never shied away from telling people that. I'm so glad. And there's so few people that say that because, you know, immediately people will think, oh, uric acid, and I bet you the first thing that went through their head was I must stop drinking coffee because everyone gets told how coffee raises the acid in your body. So, you know, here you've a little bit of balance because it's not quite the same thing. Right. Yeah. This is not a pH thing. I think, you know, the title of the book, Drop Acid, maybe some people think it's all about their pH and alkalining, alkalization. Yeah. Now, this is uric acid. It, it is an acid. You know, it is a proton donor, but by definition, but it, that's not what we're talking. We're not talking about an acid here that's affecting the body's pH. That's a different discussion. That's for sure. But having said that, its formation is something that we can target. There's a very important enzyme that is fundamental for the formation of uric acid and for it'll be on the quiz. It's called xanthine oxidase. The reason I mention it is because we have drugs that inhibit that enzyme that are used in people, for example, who have gout. Drugs like allopurinol, febuxostat, they target this enzyme. They shut it off and these people make less uric acid. Having said that, we know that supplements like quercetin are dramatically effective in doing exactly the same thing, targeting that enzyme and reducing uric acid. So quercetin, 500 milligrams a day, is a real powerful, I hate to use the word hack, but it is a real pow powerful intervention to help people lower their uric acid really quite dramatically. Add to that 500 milligrams of vitamin C to help with the excretion, and they can be very, very powerful. You know, people are going to see really substantial effects on the uric acid within weeks. Wow, that's incredible. If we want to be healthier mentally and physically, one of the best things we can possibly do is get several hours of quality sleep every night. The brain and body heal itself when we sleep. It really is one of the most amazing processes, even if you're not conscious when it happens. But I know it's hard to get good quality sleep sometimes. Your mind keeps you awake, Life is stressful, and there are often a hundred anxious reasons why you can't fall asleep at night. Thankfully, there are also ways we can improve our sleep quality and overall health, including taking magnesium. Believe it or not, around 75% of people don't have enough magnesium. No wonder so many people have sleep problems. But please do not run to the store to buy the first magnesium supplement you find. Most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms and, since they're not full spectrum, they won't support better sleeping habits. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium and you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bio Optimizers. 
simply take two capsules before you go to bed and you'll be amazed at how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to www.magbreakthrough.com forward slash leaf and use Dr. Leaf 10 during checkout to save 10% on your order. The link and details will be in the show notes. So David, what I'm getting from you and from this book, which is something that I do love about how you approach things, is that people could actually get that monitor, they can get the book and they can actually, without even going to see a doctor, they can, I mean, I don't want, obviously you've got to go to your PCP, but in terms of uric acid, they don't have to wait for that appointment. They can kind of start finding out today what is going on and how to manage it because you have recipes and all kinds of things in your book. So could you walk us through a process of what would someone who's listening to this now say, okay, well, I don't know where I am in this process and I don't even know what to do. I didn't even know this was an issue. I don't want to get dementia. If you have the book and you take the quiz, you'll realize if you're at risk or not for a high uric acid level. I will tell you that the target is below 5.5. The average in America is six. So most people by definition then are going to need to work on their uric acid a little or a lot. And I think that the, the best place to start is to know where you are. You may be in great shape. Premenopausal women generally have a, a pretty low uric acid level because they have adequate estrogen levels that helps with the excretion of uric acid. Postmenopausal women pretty much match men because they've lost that estrogen benefit. So step one is to go to a doctor, but be prepared. I'm speaking to all of your viewers right now. Be prepared for pushback because most doctors are going to say, we really don't need to know your uric acid level. You don't have gout. Okay. I mean, with all due respect, people tend to be down on what they're not up on. This is new information. I get it. Two years ago, if you would have asked me, I would have probably given you the same response. But I will tell you, there was research around the world. All anyone needs to do is Google two words, uric and metabolic. And you'll find countless, countless articles or just read the book. Now, you can buy a monitor like the one I have. There are several on the market. They have them on Amazon or online. The best place to go would be dropacidbook.com. There's information about monitors, a discount, and how to order a monitor. And then what it means and how to test, how often to test, why you should test first thing in the morning before you've eaten like you did with your blood sugar why it's not a good idea to test after a real vigorous workout the day before, because that will raise your uric acid level. And just some pointers in terms of what the numbers mean and what to expect moving forward. The good news is that these changes that we talk about instituting in your lifestyle approach change your uric acid very quickly. In a matter of a few weeks, that uric acid level can come down. And that means you've turned off the alarm. You've said to your body, hey, we don't need to keep making fat. We need to bring our blood sugar down. This blood pressure elevation that's starting to creep up, uric acid may be the cause of that. It's only elevated because it's trying to help you. It's thinking that you're going to starve, and therefore it's making fat as a survival mechanism that you don't need. Wow. This is actually, it's just, it, as you say, it's really is breakthrough. And you also then offer some you know, recipes at the back. Are these ones that you've created yourself and that are just a great, Examples of how people can bring down uric acid. Can you talk a bit about them? This is the Love Diet and LUV, not L-O-V-E. LUV stands for Lower Uric Values. So there are 40 recipes that were provided to us by a company called Daily Dose. I worked with them 
hand in hand to create recipes that not only didn't help increase uric acid, but actually had some of our hero ingredients to help reduce uric acid. These are things like the cruciferous vegetables, red onion, cherries, for example. You'll notice on the cover of the book that the O in the drop acid, that's a cherry and it's falling, meaning that cherries have long been used to lower uric acid. It was one of the first foods recommended for gout patients because it contains those bioflavonoids that help to drop uric acid. So that's certainly on the list. We take off the list, of course, those kinds of foods that are high in fructose, fructose sweeteners, fructose in sauces, and so many different foods these days that can threaten to raise the uric acid. Now, it may be that people who cut the fructose have a uric acid that's wonderfully acceptable. They don't need necessarily then to lower their purines. They don't need to lower their consumption of liver and kidney and shellfish. But if, in fact, their uric acid remains elevated, that would be something then that they might consider. So I'm not saying people shouldn't eat liver and people shouldn't eat organ meats. I choose not to because I just don't like liver. I never have. I mean, since I was five years old. It doesn't work for me. But that said, if people like liver, it has a lot of B12 and iron, go for it. But let's be sure that your uric acid is where it needs to be. But again, I'm going to tell you that good old quercetin from the health food store, order it online, 500 milligrams a day, knocks the ball out of the park. So it's a simple fix. Now that doesn't mean taking some quercetin means you can drink all the soda that you want each day, but it can help. I have to tell you that we had a visitor here at home a couple months ago, and that individual bought some root beer and it ended up in, in a refrigerator drawer. And I noticed it the other day And I looked at it, it was a 12-ounce bottle of root beer that had 47 gram, 48 grams of sugar. I didn't know there was a food like that that had that much sugar. Maybe I think there's a lot. Maybe glucola, that's 100 grams. But it was breathtaking. I mean, that's so much more than even Coke or Mountain Dew or anything. Uh, Those are 16-ounce cans anyway. It was wasteful, but I poured it out because I thought, well, I'll leave it for the next time this person comes to our house. But I said, you know what? I don't want her to have this. So next thing you know, they're gone. You look after her rather than than keep the root beer there. I agree with you. That's 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 who. Wow, that's scary. Your mental health is and should be a priority. I learned this from my friend, Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a renowned psychiatrist, neuroscientist, and founder of Amen Clinics. The Amen Clinics are unique because they use a comprehensive and holistic approach, including brain spect imaging, to treat mental health issues. I visited an Amen Clinic and seen Dr. Amen in action, and I was able to see for myself how brain scans show that many mental health conditions, such as ADD, anxiety, and depression, are often not caused by just one thing. That's why giving everyone the same treatment will never work. So you can get a treatment plan that's targeted to your needs. I love that the doctors at Amen Clinics use natural therapies wherever possible. To find out how you can change your brain and change your life, visit amenclinics.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. If you book, you'll get 10% off an evaluation when you use the promo code Dr. Leaf 10 at checkout. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. You also talk, just before you get into the recipes, you talk about the link to mental health, because as we know, I talk a lot about mental health, and you talk about the energy, type 2 diabetes, depression, severe anxiety, OCD, you know, all those words that we use that are, are not fully descriptive, they're just more in the, 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 the description of what the person is going through, but you've got to look at all the underlying causes. 
But what I'm getting from this is that you have seen some research linking that uric acid can affect mental health. There's lots of research. And, you know, it gets back to conversations that you and I have had in the past. And that is this incredible overall detrimental, at least in modern times, role of inflammation in terms of the brain, in terms of the brain cognitively and certainly with respect to various mood disorders. When we increase inflammation, we help our bodies reduce the availability of serotonin. And that's not necessarily a help, but we we favor what's called this kynurenic acid pathway and we deplete serotonin. And, you know, I, I think we could argue that it's not necessarily a feel-good chemical, but I think that knocking down serotonin can have some downside issues moving forward as it relates to mood. We can agree to that. I mean, this is the, the foundation of why the SSRI drugs were developed, but it turns out that these selective serotonin reuptake inhibiting antidepressant drugs that are so commonly prescribed and used, everyone's familiar with them, they may be working not because they're having anything to do with serotonin. They are powerfully anti-inflammatory. They are powerfully involved in increasing the anti-inflammatory interleukin-10 while at the same time decreasing something like tumor necrosis factor alpha. So these SSRIs reduce inflammation Uric acid dramatically increases it. Oh, wow. So that things like the, the SSRIs, also, they, when they're used acutely as opposed to chronically, they can, you know, so they, but they use this very often chronic, which then can boomerang and have a negative effect. And it's like anything, we've got to make sure we use, things are used correctly. And this is why we need knowledge. And this is why we need the work that you do and, you know, the work that we're all trying to do to help improve optimal health. David, thank you so much. This has been so interesting and so informative. I have learned so much. I always learn so much from you. And it's always a pleasure talking to you. And I look forward to the next time that we connect. And thank you for your wisdom. I'm grateful, Carolyn, as always. And I'm grateful for all that, all that you do as well. I mean, I see your name at various conferences. And there was something I looked at recently. Oh, out west, I think it is. There was, there was some conference you're doing out west. I think it is uh, the biohacking conference. Yes, yes, David yes. Asprey. Okay. Yes, yes. So I'm, I'm just real tickled to see, you know, you getting around to do all these great things and that people are learning about all the work that you do. So congrats. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that from you. It means a lot. So thank you. And I love what, what you do and I always love our conversations. And once again, where can people get hold of you and get hold of the book? Obviously, wherever books are sold, but you're, you know, the best way to contact you, find out more? Well, yeah, the book is everywhere. The name is Drop Acid. If you want to learn about it, dropacidbook.com is its own website. And then that's a good place to go to find out about these uric acid monitors that are available online, no prescription needed. That'd be a good place to start. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much and all the best with the book. And thank you for all your work. And I, as I said, I'm excited to talk to you again. It's always wonderful. Always learn something new. Talk soon. Bye-bye, Carolyn. Thank you. Bye. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. 
And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.